podcasting from the Star Group, home of the iconic Dressable Lions. This is Beyond the Known, the podcast that takes you a step beyond what you know about business. I'm your host, Paul M. Newberger, president of the Star Group. On today's episode of Beyond the Known, our guest is Eric Messer, business and risk consultant right here at the Star Group. Eric, wonderful to have you in the studio today. Thanks for having me, Paul. So how was the traffic going from your office downstairs up to the studio upstairs? Sorry for the long commute, by the way. You know what? It was it was slippery. There was a lot of people coming on the on-ramps and off-ramps going to, I don't know, the bathroom. So outside of that, it was pretty easy getting up here. Well, good. We'll have to make a note of that. Thank you so much. Well, yes, I have to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, I'm very excited to talk to Eric here, not the least of which because he's my associate, a relatively new associate here to the Star Group, and one of my crowning achievements as president was to steal Eric away, and what a blessing he's been to our agency here. So, Eric, before we kind of get into the nuts and bolts of your day-to-day job at the Star Group and all the wonderful stuff you're doing, you've got an interesting background. Construction is in your blood. You're passionate right. about it. you got a powerful story. Why don't you share that with us here today? Well, first, I'm going to say that getting me to the star group, everybody always asks what brought me here. And I say a cup of coffee with Paul Newberger. There it is. When Paul wants something and he has a cup of coffee with you, he's usually going to get it. <laughs> so yeah, construction, uh, it's been in my blood since I was really born. Grandpa was in construction, was a builder, was a remodeler. As a kid, I'd run around the job sites. You know, he was my hero. So while other kids were off playing baseball and basketball and riding their bikes, I was out at the job site with Grandpa and watching what he does and the things that really make what he who he is so great. I remember so many times he could go to a job site and he could just look at a house and Within minutes, he knew the footprint of the house. He knew how it was built. He knew where the areas of challenge would be. It was almost like he could see a house as a blueprint. It was really quite amazing. So those are are parts of my life that I would never return for anything. You know, all the kids are out doing all that other stuff. I was right where I wanted to be. I was at the side of my grandpa, my hero. What are some of the lessons specifically that you've learned from your grandfather? He seems like a remarkable man. Seems like he's had a a really big influence on your life, which we're benefiting from today at the Star Group. So we're really appreciative of that. But what would you say are some of the specific lessons you've learned from that man? Man, first and foremost, it is do what you say you're going to do. There's something about honor that you cannot allow to slip away. So when he told somebody that he was going to do something, he would do it. As a matter of fact, I remember one time he had the flu. I mean, he was sick. And grandma told him, says, hey, don't go in today. Just give them a call. Let them know you're sick. I mean, it's not your fault. Grandpa says, no, I told them I was going to be there and I will be. So he got in a beat up old brown Ford truck and he headed off to that job site. Now, when he got there, he knocked on the door. He social distanced at that time and said, look, I'm not, I'm not feeling good. If you allow me to go home and just rest today and get better, I'll be here at seven o'clock in the morning. But if you want me to do the job, I'm here and I'll start working on it right now. And they're like, no, Mr. Messer, go home and rest and get better. And he came back home and did just that. But he could have made every excuse in the book, you know, 
he's tired, he's sore, he's not feeling good, it's raining, it's snowing, it's sleeting, and he never once made an excuse to violate what he told somebody he was going to do. Man, this man gave me lessons every day. Every time I sat down with him and we had a conversation, you know, everybody else thought maybe he was talking nonsense and just being silly, but everything that he said, I took a lesson from. And man, I, I can't wait to meet, rejoin him in heaven one day. Yeah, it'll be a lot of uh, interesting stories to say the least. Lots of absolutely, lots of reminiscing. So we understand why you're passionate about construction. We understand how you got your start in construction. What keeps you in it? What is it about this field specifically? I understand grandfather. I understand it's in your blood. I understand the family linkage, which is great, obviously. But what is it about this field today that gets you so passionate about it? It's one of the most honorable careers. You're building America. I mean, how can you not get excited about your career if you are involved with building America, whether it's roads, whether it is the pylons for the drainage systems, whether it's beautiful skyscraper downtown, or whether it's a residential community out in Brookfield. If you're building America and that is your career, how can you not get jazzed about that? You know, how can you not stay excited about that? It's probably one of my biggest disappointments is how the high schools don't pay enough attention to the trades as an option for, for people. They want you to go and, and get a liberal arts degree when in construction, you can bypass that, go into an apprenticeship program and come out making a tremendous living for yourself and for your family without the debt associated with it. I mean, it is probably one of the best and most honorable careers, regardless of where you are in the spectrum of construction that you could find. And I'm jazzed about it. Talk, and I can tell because you got jazz hands going on over there. It's, it's pretty interesting. <laughs> I'm Cajun, so I talk with my hands. What am I supposed to do with these? I don't know. But what's interesting is now I don't know nearly as many people in construction as you do. But some of these individuals that I've met from the construction industry are some of the most admirable, remarkable people I've ever met. Yeah. It just seems like there's a different type of human in the construction world. Can you describe your average construction professional? What makes them so special and what have you seen based on your interactions with these world-class human beings? Well, first and foremost, you better have a work ethic. You know, you can see these guys are out at, and gals are out at the job site at the crack of dawn. Grandpa used to get up every morning at 3, 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning, kind of like uh, uh, you, Paul. And, you know, he'd read his Bible and he'd drink his coffee, maybe make himself a, a breakfast. And by five thirty, six o'clock, he was gone. I mean, I had to wake up and, and rub the sleep out of my eyes pretty quick and get in that truck because if I wasn't ready... That truck went down the road without me. And these guys have a work ethic that is is next to none. Now I'm gonna say 100%, but a vast majority of this industry, you find the best of the best, they have a strong work ethic. That is paramount. What would you say are some of the biggest challenges right now facing the construction industry? 
because you are on it like white on rice, my man. I mean, when Eric Messer, ladies and gentlemen, says that he follows the construction industry, follows is just a nice word of saying obsess. This guy is all in with respect to construction. You've got your finger on the pulse. You pay very close attention to the trends in this industry. What are you seeing are the biggest challenges, headwinds facing construction right now? Well, there's quite a few. And 2021 brings its own set of challenges <laughs> that we're already seeing in the news cycle where a lot of construction dot jobs are being eliminated due to, let's just call it red tape. Is that a nice PC way of saying? Well said. All right. Probably the other ones, number one is people. So there are a lot of construction people out there that are ready to retire. Rightfully so. They have been busting their butt for 20, 30, 40 years. And it's time to, you know, my grandpa at 80 years old was still climbing ladders. You couldn't get the guy to stop. And some of these guys that are up in that age group, it's time for them to, re to retire and they want to retire, but they can't because there's nobody being groomed to take them over, to take over those positions, to have that type of knowledge that they bring and experience that they bring. So that is a monumental threat probably to any construction company is finding the people of uh, getting the youth to start understanding that construction is a great option for your career choices. High schools are shying you away from this and they're saying, eh, if you don't get a, a bachelor's degree in something, then you're going to end up working a job site somewhere. Okay. Making 90 to $120,000 a year. That's bad. So getting the youth to start seeing that construction is a viable option is something that I'm pretty passionate about outside of what I do for a living, just kind of as my side passion. There's ways for us to start doing that. So the red tape, the jobs, or the people are two big ones. The last one I'll say quickly is compliance. People become own construction companies because they are really, really, really good at construction. But when it comes to compliance and how quickly that changes, whether it's OSHA or DOT, that's a big deal. And I just talked to somebody last week that told me that as a construction company, they have to understand that they are a commercial trucking company first and a construction company second. And I was like, man, that's kind of a brilliant way to look at that. And she goes, well, do you know what I mean by that? I said, well, yeah, if you can't get the materials to the job site, which you're using flatbed trucks to do, then you can't ever become a construction company because you haven't gotten all the supply to the job site. She goes, exactly. So that's why they spend so much time worrying about DOT because a lot of construction people, they, they look at it and they say, hey, I, I got OSHA taken care of, but they forget that you have DOT compliance yet to be conscientious about. And by being able to take and cut their out of service rate in half could be a big deal for a lot of companies. So those are the probably the three top ones. So unless you've been living under a rock the past couple of months, we had this little thing back in November called the election. And I know Eric and I are very politically obsessed. So this is an apolitical show, Mr. Messer. This is not an opinion program. So let's make sure that we remember that when I ask you this question. There was a transition of power 
in Washington, from a Republican administration to one that's led by a Democrat. What does that mean for the construction industry, in your opinion? Because I can see how some people might say, well, you know, Republican might be less government, lower taxes. Hey, good. It's good for business. But on the flip side, on the Democrat side, I know we're talking about the infrastructure package. We're talking about maybe some increases in spending. From what you read, from who you talk to, from just what you're seeing, what does this Joe Biden administration mean for the construction industry? So, yeah, we've got a lot to do. And if you look at a lot of the construction companies' backlogs, they're pretty full. So there's any immediate change. Probably one of the things would be supply chain to look into, getting your materials, getting your supplies. The other thing is going to be obviously the red tape, the the bureaucracy side of the business. Here's the beauty of that is that if you are a construction company that is union focused, you have the AGC that is going to help you navigate those waters. If you're a merit-based and in some union-based, you have the ABC to be able to navigate those waters. So the biggest difference probably immediately isn't going to be too, too much except for the, the pipeline workers that obviously, I don't think it's any secret that a good chunk of those jobs were lost. Union jobs that were paying quite well. Probably the one thing about that, you know, It is what it is. The only thing that I will say about it is there was probably not the best explanation of what to do next. You don't tell somebody who has been in their job for 25 years, maybe you should just go learn how to program computers. That's not what they do. They build America. And there's a big difference between building America and programming computers. And it's almost like telling a doctor, you know what? Don't be a doctor anymore when you can go and sell shoes at Foot Locker. I mean, it's just not a, you just don't do that to somebody. So there's a lot of political venom on both sides of the coin. Yes, we got infrastructure coming up. There's a lot of backlog out there. We have a lot of these public projects schools and airports that are still on the horizon. So anything that I would speculate on that, Paul, would be all opinion and and not based off of fact as of what I know right now. Boy, I've never heard Eric Messer say that before. That never stops you from coming into my office and giving me your opinion when I didn't want it. Yeah. There's more than just our ears listening to the words coming out of, you know, no matter what I say, I'm going to alienate somebody. I'm either going to alienate the merit shop construction workers or the union shop construction workers. And I have always had to be able to get along with both because I'm not going to alienate myself from anybody. I want to help as many construction companies. I don't care if you're union or if you're merit-based. So when it comes to these types of discussions, I tread lightly. I will tell you that I see a vast majority of one side of the political spectrum out in the field, but Yeah, I try to play both sides of that coin. I'm just going to remember that the next time you come in my office and give me your opinion that I did not ask for. I'm just going to remember that. I'm going to bring that up. Remember beyond the known, Mr. Messer? Well, one of the Part of my employment agreement is that you listened and take into consideration my opinion on on everything. I never would have signed that. Never (laughs) would have signed that. This is news to me. Where's Mary Starr? Get her in here. We got to talk. Interesting. Well, 
as you could tell, Eric and I, we've got a very good rapport. And again, I mean it as much as I bust your chops for a variety of reasons. And you give me no shortage of things to make fun of you for. I will just say that. It's a blessing to have you. You are just enhancing our culture. You are getting us further, faster based on who you are and the skill set that you possess. And that's part of the reason I was so interested in having that cup of coffee with you where I could really sink my talons in because as a keynote speaker myself and a sales trainer, I recognize great sales talent when I see it. Now, when I say sales, I don't mean, let me convince you why you should buy something that you don't need. A slick talking person that's going to convince you to do whatever. That is not, not me. And that is not what I mean by sales. I just mean somebody that listens, somebody that facilitates, somebody that can do a needs analysis and give you value way above and beyond what you asked for. And that's Eric Messer for sure. So one of the things that I really like, Eric, maybe you can talk about this. I love your mantra when you're getting into the field and you're talking to some of these construction organizations for the first time, anything but insurance. That's right. I love that. I love that because that is a breath of fresh air. It's not just let me tell you what you need. It's let me demonstrate value. Let me show you how I can help you above and beyond what I'm paid to do. Can you describe what that means, anything but insurance, and give us some tools in your toolbox, I suppose, about how you bring so much value to so many organizations in this industry? Well, I'll tell you, (laughs) on the record right now, I am not an insurance guy. I don't want to be an insurance guy. I don't want to be known as the insurance guy. I am a risk management consultant. My job is to look at your company and find ways to reduce and or eliminate risk. Now, what we can't reduce and what we can't eliminate, we have options for. And one of our options is financing that risk through insurance. But when it comes to insurance, it's very emotional because somebody may be, may have been working with their insurance guy for the last 10 years. They golf together, they go to church together, they have a beer together and they don't want to take and don't want to risk that relationship. Well, if I come in saying, Hey, I'm looking to replace your insurance program right out of the gate, I get the Heisman, right? They tell me, no, we're we're not interested to even talk about this because I don't want to threaten. They don't tell me this, but this is what's going on in their mind. I don't want to threaten this relationship that I've had for 10 years. I trust them. I like them and I don't want to mess with that. Well, if I'm an insurance guy, that's where the conversation comes to a close. And you say, all right, if anything ever changes, let me know. Have a great day. Goodbye. That's not me. So what I look at is let's look at this organization as a whole. Let's look at it as an orange. You got all these different slices of an orange. Well, you have all these different slices of a construction organization, whether it be talent or safety or your surety bonds or, you know, your DOT consulting or your DOT issues. So, If I can walk in with a toolbox that is full of some great tools that are going to help any organization, regardless of where they're at on the spectrum of need, I just need to identify that need. Once I have that need, I can go to my toolbox. I can pull out the right tool. You know, whenever a construction company has a, they need a saw for a job, they just don't grab any saw, right? Because a a saw saw isn't going to work whenever you need a table saw. 
So they find the right saw, they bring the right saw to the issue and they use it. Well, that's the same with us. I want to bring the right tool at the right time in the right place to the right organization. And you do that by not putting yourself into this box of insurance. Insurance is a tool I use. It's not who I am. Risk management, that's who I am. Describe to me this blueprint video series. What is that? Why should people in construction care? And how do they go about getting access to this content? Oh, when you look this good and God has blessed you. And obviously he's talking about me here. (laughs) When God has blessed you with this messer smile and this messer face and this messer physique, you market it, baby. If you've never seen Eric Messer, think Shrek. Uh, <laughs> probably a extremely, you know what? Shrek with the donkey personality. Well, you're Shrek, I'm the donkey, because we know what the other word for donkey is. <laughs> anyway, so this blueprint video. So here's the thing is people are busy. You know, construction owners don't usually sit in an office typing on a computer for 40 hours a week. They're out in the field. They're doing other things. So I can't get a hold of everybody all the time, whether that be email, phone, stopping by or whatnot. So I've said, well, what are some of the issues that construction companies are having? And once I have identified those, and I actually work with what I call the construction specialists. It's a group of people in legal and in recruiting and banking and accounting. And I'm asking them all the time, what are some issues that you're finding in construction? And the blueprint was a way for me to do an educational video, bring something of value. Here's the thing, when you own a business, your time is worth, if you ask a business owner, what is an hour of your time worth? They're gonna say anywhere from one to $200 per hour. So if I wanna meet with you for an hour, I have to bring $200 worth of value. I have to buy $200 of your time. You're not gonna do it for free just to, to have somebody poke and prod. So I better bring some value to you right out of the gate. And the blueprint was allowing me to come in and bring some solutions and some education and some ways to fix problems in a video on-demand structure. Now, a lot of people as this over the years has altered, people are like, well, you need to do a two minute video. You need to do a four minute video. You can't go over three minutes and 23 seconds. According to market research and I can't bring anything of value in three minutes. You know, first off, I'm a master and I have to set everything up with my story, right? So I can't talk just quickly. And plus, I'm not going to do a teaser. Nothing makes me more upset than spending five minutes of my time to be teased about something that I could get if I paid, you know, $5.99 a month for some sort of membership to Construction Weekly. I would rather spend 10 minutes of my time getting something of value right then and there. So it is always a work in in process, working with our great marketing team here at the Star Group. We have some of the best. I can take a 15 minute video that's really doing, uh, bringing a lot of value to whoever's watching it, cut it down into three minutes as an executive summary and have them click to see more. Well, and I will echo what you said about our marketing team. We are very blessed to have Rachel and Cheryl for sure. That's just an asset not a lot of agencies have. And uh, it's hard to make Eric Messer look good, but they do 
A nice job doing that, needless to say. I love this guy. That's why I tease. We get along very, very well. One of the other questions that I wanted your input on is one of the things that I admire about you, Eric, is you are not just a philosophizer. You're a doer. You're in the field. You're rolling up your sleeves. You're having conversations. You're really mixing it up with people, and you certainly know how to bring a tremendous amount of value. Well, one of the things you brought to the Star Group is a rather interesting event, this shooting invitational. I'm scared to even go anywhere near (laughs) that because I don't know. I don't think I'd really hang in that area, but it's very popular. It's very unique. And you've done a great job really growing this and creating interest in this. So what is this shooting invitational and how can people potentially get involved if they so choose to do so? Well, I'd like to have people meet me outside of the the realm of business. Just look, if you don't like somebody, if you don't trust somebody, if you don't know somebody, you're just, you're not going to have a good working relationship. So how can we bring people together, kind of just relax, have some fun together and grow our relationships organically? Well, one of the things that I've learned is construction folks don't usually golf. They do, but they're hackers. You know, they're out golfing for the beer, not the event. So I said, well, how can we do something that is more construction-esque? You know, something more blue collar I don't know. Something that, I don't want to say manly because we have just as many women in the event than we have as men. So, but something a little bit more rugged. So we got, we created the, the invitational. It's for a year. So there's spring, summer, fall, and winter. In the fall, we had a shotgun sporting clays. I will let you know I was winning. I was winning by a lot. And when I found out how far ahead I was from the first place person, I didn't want to win the trophy. I thought that would be unfair. So I tanked the last three or four stands so that other people could win. Because you know what? It's all about giving, Paul. That's very magnanimous of you. It is all about giving to others. So anyway, we put together this winter event for, I want to do pistols because my wife and I go to the range and, and we shoot and we fire at targets and whoever has the lowest score has to buy supper. And I will tell you on the record that I always, always buy supper. So we were going to do the pistol shoot, found out that ammunition was like a dollar a round. That means that it was just unrealistic. Ammunition is so in in short supply. So we postponed that. We might try to work it in as a shotgun event like we did in the fall but we have that in the spring and the summer as well. So it's still because of ammunition shortages, we're being a little bit conscientious of what to do in this first quarter of 2021, but you will have a spring in a summer sporting clays event. We will try to still get something here in the first quarter. Well, that's good. It'll certainly give us something to look forward to. The last event was a smash success, and I know everybody in the event was grateful for your magnanimous tank job. Yes, nice to let somebody else win, Eric. That made a lot of sense. One of the other things that we have in common that I would just be remiss if I didn't bring up outside of our movie star good looks and our crazy charisma 
One of the other things that we share in common is something that you're wearing around your wrist right now, and I can see it from over here. It says, your band says, I am second. What does that mean, and why is that important to you, Eric? I have worn this for probably 12 years now. You know, when you're out working and you're trying to make an impact and, you know, to be successful in this industry, we have to have a bit of confidence. And sometimes you can start thinking that you're building your kingdom. You know, I am really good at this and look at all the differences that I'm making. And I did that once. I built my own kingdom. It was on a, a foundation of sand. It crumbled down around me faster than it ever took to build because I didn't build it on the rock that we all know to be Jesus Christ. My life didn't revolve. I knew who he was. Grandpa and grandma got me in. I remember going to church and I was just a little thing. And the churches that I grew up with, because we're all of our families from the South. So our church would start at nine o'clock in the morning. It would get done somewhere around 1230, quarter to one. Depends on how many second and third sermons the uh, pastor feel like giving. So this band saying I am second is to remind me to put God and others ahead of myself. The more that I do for him and the more that I do for you, the more I will get back for myself. So if I think about me, 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 you may see some short-term wins, but I like long-term, the longevity of a win. So being able to put God and others ahead of myself is something that my grandfather has always taught me. It's something that my grandmother has always taught me and the most influential people in my life, my mom, all reminded me to put God and others ahead of myself and then great things will come back to you, you know, in spades. Well, and all the people said, amen. Amen. Yeah. Well said. Thank you, Eric. Well, I said it before. I'll say it again. You are a blessing to us here at the star group. You are an enhancer of our corporate culture. Hard to believe we've been together now for almost a year, but you are off to a great start. And, and I finally got on the podcast and he after, finally, after a year, there was a reason for that. We won't go into that right now, but, but yes, uh, better late than never, needless <laughs> to say. But no, Eric, thank you for all you're doing on behalf of our clients. Thank you for your contributions to the construction industry. It was wonderful to finally have you on the program, yeah. and I'm sure it's not going to be the last time. I hope it's not. Thanks for listening to Beyond the Known with Paul M. Newberger. If you like our show and want to know more, check us out at stargroup.com. That's S-T-A-R-R-Group.com slash podcast. We're also available on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts.